Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. I pray right now, Father, as we continue in this series of faith, That as we talk about faith for healing this morning, Lord, that the word, your seed would fall onto good ground and bear much fruit, Lord. That our faith, Lord, would rise up inside of us, Lord. And I thank you for what you are already doing in our hearts, in our minds, and in our bodies, Lord. I thank you, Father, for what you're going to do. And I thank you, Lord, that you will glorify yourself in the midst of your words, because you're not a man that you should lie. You're going to do exactly as you said you would do right here in our midst today, this morning, in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Amen. Just a couple of things that I wanted to add. Uh, We are going to have plantings class, which is basically our newcomers class. We're going to start that the first, uh, we're going to do it on Wednesday night, so those of you who are part of our Wednesday night discipleship class for the month of uh, uh, August, or no, September, we will not, not be having the, uh, the classes, the discipleship class. We're going to replace that with plantings class. But those of you who are part of that class, even if you've attended it before, it'd be good for you to, to come and, and refresh yourself on who we are, what we believe, and, and it's going to help you. You know, if, if you uh, uh, attend here, then you serve here. We believe everyone has a calling. If you're saved, you serve. Right? He paid an ultimate price for our salvation. The least we can do is serve in his local body. So we're going to help you kind of go through that. And you'll get to know our church more. you get to know us as pastors and leaders and elders. And and you'll get to know how our church government works here at New Life. Uh, And then uh, on the fifth Wednesday, which will be in October, I believe, we'll have our newcomers dinner. And that will allow us to, we'll, we'll take care of everything. We usually have it catered. And we'll have everyone, uh, the newcomers that attended that, to go ahead and come to that dinner. And, uh, and then we can sit around and talk. And you can ask us questions. And uh, we'll answer most of them. So uh, we don't answer. One time we had a, a, a couple and they asked some questions. I was like, that has nothing to do with, with our spiritual, <laughs> you know, with, with us or anything like that. But we did answer them. And, and uh, so we do our best to, to be an open book around here. But we'll have that. So please, uh, there's a sign-up sheet out there already, babe? Yep. So we have a plantings class. If you're new and you've never attended that, doesn't matter if you just got here today, if you've been here a year, if you've never attended the plantings class, please sign up so that we know that you're coming and, and uh, we know the amount of people that will be there. We make these booklets and we hand them out, so uh, you know it takes time and, and money to do that. So we want to make sure that we make enough and not make too much. So please sign up for plantings class and, uh, and the newcomer's dinner. Um, and today uh, would have been the uh, married group. We're not having that today. 
uh, for certain reasons, so that has been canceled. In the month of August, it's always the last Sunday of the month, we'll have coupled married group uh, at, I believe we're having it at our house next month. So next month, we'll have it instead of at Kathy and, and uh, Bill's house, we'll have it at, at our house uh, together. So uh, get ready for that and, and make plans to be there for that. On So today it's canceled. So if you show up at the Prim's house today, uh, they're going to send you on your way. Okay? All right. Faith for healing. So we've been in the series of faith. We've covered a lot of different things. I'm excited about today, and I'm excited about next week also. Uh, you know, you can't preach the word or teach the word without doing the word, right? right. Blessed are you if you do what you've been taught. So that's why I call today a healing service, because we're going to talk about healing, and then we're going we're gonna, to uh, 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 minister that as we come to the end of our service so that those that are here, you should have already been expecting. If you came here to receive something from me, you're going to go home empty-handed. That's the truth. Because God glorifies himself when he does those things in you. And us together, believing together, uh, 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 Papa Hagen used to say, Brother Hagen used to say, I, we, some of us used to call him Papa Hagen and Daddy Hagen, but uh, uh, Brother Hagen used to say that he doesn't bring anything to a meeting that they don't expect. Because you pull, your faith pulls from me these things that happen. And he did some crazy stuff. So I wanted to kind of start with a couple of testimonies before we get into the Word. And then uh, I'm going to run through the Word. You should have gotten your, your sheet with scriptures on it. Uh, that may not mean much to you because I'm going to kind of jump around today. As I was going through it this morning, the Lord was really leading me in different directions. So uh, uh, not different, but just a few different things. But I wanted to share a couple of things with you. Um, uh, one, you know, healing is not just of the body. It's also of the soul, of the mind. We talked about prosperity last week, that you may prosper in your spirit and in your body and in your soul, right? We think prosperity and we always think money and God doesn't have a printing press in heaven and he doesn't, he doesn't send down money. And if he did, we wouldn't have our presidents on the money. It'd probably be, you know, something else on there rather than their faces. But uh, he doesn't make money up there. So the riches that come to us come to us because we do something with the faith of the word that we have received, right? Yeah. And we prosper in those things. So uh, I wanted to share a couple of things. One of the things is uh, my wife and I served as children's pastors in Miami for years. And um, uh, we've been blessed recently, and recently in the last maybe 10 or 15 years, uh, to see some of those children that were in uh, our class that are now traveling the world and, and gathering thousands of people and having uh, uh, salvation meetings and, and, and healing meetings. And it's just, we look at some of these, this one young man, I'm looking at it and I'm going, that was, if, if you had to say it, of everyone that we ever ministered to in the 15 years or so of being uh, children's pastors, if the one that you, you know, I could say there was one that really just, you know, there was one that I just wanted to, you know, pull my hair out and his hair out, right? And he's the one that's now out there and, and doing these things. It's incredible. We were in Mexico and we ran into, uh, we were doing, uh, I was doing her niece's wedding in Mexico and uh, I was performing the wedding. And the wedding planner was a young man and uh, he asked me, Oh, yeah, you're a Christian. Yeah. He goes, Do you know Frank Monge? I'll say his name, Frank Monge. I said, Yeah, I know who that is. He goes, He was just here. We had these tent meetings and there was all revival. And, and I'm like, No, I can't be the same guy. So he showed me a picture. I said, Yeah, that's Frank, you know. And, uh, and, and, you know, so we did all that. We were great 
at what the Lord had anointed us to do at the time, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for my wife. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I was saved about a year when, when the church needed a children's minister, and, and we volunteered until somebody else would come along, and 10 years later, still nobody came along. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was, I, I didn't know. So the Lord called us into uh, full-time. We were part-time ministers at the time. I was working secularly and, and doing that, and we, uh, I started really feeling in the Holy Spirit that he was leading us into full-time ministry. And he called us to go to Ramah. So we left everything. I had a, bus- a prospering business in Miami. Uh, we got out of that. We sold our home. We just we packed up and our three kids, and, and we took off to, from Miami, Florida to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And uh, it was quite a culture shock for us. But um, uh, I won't even tell you. I was going to give you a story about our neighbor, but we won't do that. Uh, not this morning, anyway. If you want to hear that, you've got to come to the plantings class. So... We, uh, we moved into this neighborhood there, and, and we, I started going to school, and I, I don't know, maybe it was three, four months, five months into it. I'm in class uh, four day, five days a week, four hours a day, getting preached, faith, Old Testament literature, New Testament literature, hermeneutics, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, uh, how to preach and pastoral this, and, you know, I was taking all these classes, counseling, and, and, uh, and so I'm doing all that, but in the midst of everything I was receiving, the Lord began to reveal to me that I was, I was not fulfilling my calling as a husband, and I was not fulfilling my calling as a father. And that hurt. So I, get, I said, get thee behind me, Satan, because I, I figured I was doing a good job, and that can't be God. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I realized that I really wasn't. And because of the word renewing my mind and renewing who I was in my spirit and in my soul and in, in my personality... Uh, I came home one day from school, and I knelt before my family, and I repented. I repented to my wife. I said, I'm so sorry. I have not been the husband that God has called me to be. I repented to my children. You know, sometimes we think that that shows weakness as a parent. That doesn't. My children learn how to repent that day, and uh, that's one of the greatest things you could teach them. And uh, so I repented before my children, and my life changed, and I changed as a person. It was a miracle. It wasn't a physical thing that, you know, like a, a signer, it was a, I was a different, I was already a different person from the day that I got saved, because I didn't want to tell you who I was before that. Uh, you know, I went, one day I was one person, June uh, 20th, 1987, I was one person, June 21st, 1987, I was a completely different person. It was, I was, ra- I don't know if you guys remember those radical salvations of, you know, it, before I got saved, the, the, this Jesus movement, man, people were getting saved like crazy, and it was, it was radical. Anyway, so, we find out that our middle daughter has a tumor. These are just testimonies, and we'll get into the word. My middle daughter had, was born with a tumor in her pituitary gland, and it was in a spot that could not be removed. They couldn't surgically go in without causing damage or possibly even killing her. So uh, the doctor, we went to a couple doctors there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, and they did the best that they could. And as parents, I want you to know your children are not a faith experiment. Don't experiment your faith on your children. Right? Do everything that you can to, to help them if it's available to you. And then do everything you can to turn the rest over to God. Because whatever man can't do, he takes care of it. So we went, I'll, I'll make it short. We went through the whole process. We found these uh, uh, pediatric neurologists from France, a couple of brothers. I don't know if they were twins or they were just two French guys from uh, 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 Jacksonville. And uh, so we took, them, we took her there. 
and they had the MRI and they had everything and they're looking and they're, you know, and they said, well, we want to take another MRI and we want to take another thing. And we had already prayed over her. We had spent a couple of weeks laying hands on her and everything. So we go over there and, and uh, you know, they, they look at everything and, and they're like, you know, one, the, the first time they were like, no, we, there's nothing we can do. We see that it's there. And so now they've done that, right? So he tells me with his French accent, you know, there's nothing, that, that's, there's nothing man can do at this point. And, and he wanted to tell me what else was coming after that, how long she was going to live and, and how, what this thing was going to do. And I didn't want to hear any of that. So not because I was being naive, but because now that man has said, there's nothing else I can do. So when he said that, I grinned. And he went, you don't understand. I can't do a French accent, so I don't want to try. He says, you don't understand. And I said, oh, I totally understand. We've done, as parents, we've done everything we possibly could. Now, I'm, I'm a year into Rama. I'm walking on water. I got the word working in me. I got faith working in me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited about what God's about to do. So I grinned at him, and I said, yes, man has done everything that you possibly could, and you guys are considered the best in the world. For uh, uh, pediatric neurology, you guys are considered the best in the world. So we've done everything we could. And how we got that appointment, it's also a miracle. But So I said, now God takes over. And uh, so we went back to Tulsa, Oklahoma. She was having these really bad headaches. They had her on this very strong medication. We went through all that whole process, and we took her back to the doctor. They did another MRI. I don't know how long after it was. and They took an X-ray, and it was gone, completely gone. And the doctor says, oh, don't worry, honey, you're just an airhead. He goes, did you have surgery? Because there was just a little air pocket in there that was the, where the tumor was, was missing. It wasn't there anymore. But she kept having her headaches. Nine years old. Nine or ten, I believe. Nine. We went to camp meeting that's, that's just happening or, or just happened this week in, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They have them every year at Rama, And they were having camp meeting. And uh, she was in the children's church, and uh, they called for people to lay hands. And I said, well, we need these headaches to go away. Tumor's gone, but we need these headaches to go away. So we went to the children's church, and there's hundreds. You know, we got, they gather 20,000 people from all over the world in these camp meetings. They rent the, the, the arena. Now they're doing it inside the, the church building because there's not as many people. But the church still holds almost 6,000 people. But um, we were in the arena. I'll never forget big, you know, screens everywhere. And, so I run and I get her, and he had already started preaching. He had, the healing line was done. They had already prayed over people. So I walk up to one of the ushers and say, I had to get her out of children's church. It took too long. And, and so he talks into his thing. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't realize that, you know, he talks. In, and then the usher that was up front goes up and interrupts Papa Hagen. Or it was Pastor Hagen. Yeah. It was Pastor Hagen. Hagen. He was there too that day. But uh, uh, Pastor Hagen, his son, was preaching. And he interrupts him. He says, bring the girl. So I'm, I'm going down the steps. I'm looking up on the thing. The cameras are on us, you know, and we're on the jumbotron. You know, I was like, this is cool. So I got her, and we got down to the bottom. And he stood on, on this side. She stood in between us. And we kind of, me and him kind of hugged each other and, and, and in between us. And we began to pray. And he prayed over her, and he gave a testimony. I won't give you his testimony about his own son, Craig Hagen. And what he had the same type of thing, tumor in his head. And so we, we prayed over her, and, and, uh, and then he, we finished, and I grabbed her hand, and we started going up the steps. This is where I get. So she, <laughs> nine years old, she looked up at me, and she goes, I want to get rid of my headache log. Because it reminds me of what, of what it used to be, and God already healed me. Her faith, her faith made her whole. 
Now, we prayed over her, and we believed, and our faith was there, present, for the power of God to minister to her and to cause this thing to come to pass. But her faith, we went home, crumbled that thing up, and I, it was, I, were you the one that had the, the vision in your dream? Or Later about the medication she was on, it, the, the amount of medications they had her on could have killed her because of her age. When we found out, we started had to wean her off the medication. We took her off the medication. She never had headaches again. I'll say real quick. She recently, about a couple years ago, had headaches again, the same type, and she started to get concerned. And I said, no, no problem, honey. God already did his, what he's going to do there. That, this is not that. But if you make you feel better, we'll go. So we went to Jacksonville to the same place. It was a different uh, neurologist. This guy was Mexican, real bow tie, suspenders. Uh, but uh, he's one of the best also. And, uh, and this is year, she was 25, so this is like 16, 17 years after she was healed, and she was having the headaches, and they took the MRI. Now it's all modern and stuff, you know. Took the MRI, he comes in, and he goes, oh, honey, you're an airhead. Just like the doctor said 17 <laughs> years before. You're an airhead. There's something missing here. Did you have, she says, no, no, that's, and I told, I said, just like this. I said, no, God, God healed her when she was uh, nine years old, and and remove that tumor that was on her pituitary. He goes, well, there's nothing there. He goes, that's not what's causing it. It's a nerve in your neck. Get this injection done at this place. She did, and all the headaches went away, and she hasn't had a problem since. But she was concerned. And I was like, no, no, God already did the work in there. And it's funny that 17 years later, another neurologist said the same thing. Man, who, who did that? That's impossible. You don't do operations on that part of the brain. It's just impossible. It's possible for God. We're in Bolivia. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We're in Bolivia, and this child comes in with his mom. We're, we have a line of pastors lined up up front. I don't know if Palito was there at the time or Christian, but they were, we were all up front, and, um, and uh, I think it was Pastor Wade Trump had preached that day. There was oil on the floor. People were slipping everywhere. I don't know if you guys remember that. We were like, because they had those little red outdoor tiles everywhere. So anyway, we had anointed everybody, everything, and I mean, it was just, we were swimming in it. So we're up front, and people are coming. This lady comes with her little child, and the Holy Spirit begins to give me a vision of what had happened, a word, a, a, a discernment of what was happening, a word of knowledge of what was happening, one of the gifts of the Spirit of what was happening in there. And the Lord said, she took him to a witch doctor when he was small, and he, hasn't, he was four years old at the time. He was nine when they brought him to the church, and he hasn't spoken since, hasn't said a word. Five years. So I looked her right in the face, and I asked her in Spanish. And I had a little bit longer line, not because of me. Nobody knew who I was. It's only because I spoke Spanish. So they're all in line, and, and she comes up, and, I, and Pastor Phyllis was standing next to me. And I said, Pastor Phyllis, and I pointed at her, and Pastor Phyllis just not. It was like we knew exactly. She had the same discernment. And she came over and, and, and started ministering to that lady. I took the little boy, and I sat down in a chair because we kept slipping everywhere. So I put him on my lap. And, uh, and she started to rebuke the demon out of this woman. She hit the ground, started squirming on the ground like a snake. And a few minutes later, she popped up, and she, was a, she talked differently. She looked differently. Her, her, everything, her face looked differently. And I looked at the little boy, and I put my hands on his ears. He couldn't talk. I don't know why I put my hands on his ears. It was just led by the Holy Spirit. And I prayed in the name of Jesus, and I said, what is your name? And he said, David. He said his name, the first thing in five years. ¿Cuántos años tiene? How old are you? Nine. Nueve. And, we, and then, you know, we had people praying around, and the kids started speaking again, right? Incredible. Incredible. 
We've been in places where we've seen uh, you know, people come in limping, and they, and they go out standing straight. I'm going to tell you something. This is not in the Bible, but I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've seen it in Miami at a meeting. Uh, this lady came in, and all of her back teeth were rotted. And she came in, she goes, I know that, you know, she goes, but I believe I came from I don't know where. And, and she, she drove a couple hours to go to this meeting. And, and, and she goes, I have these teeth, and I don't have the money. Because I just need God to do a miracle. And, and we had a, a guest speaker. I think it was the lady from Honduras. I'm not, I don't remember exactly who it was. And they laid hands on this lady and her teeth. I'm telling you, if I didn't, if I didn't see it, I, I, I would go, uh-huh. Her teeth were replaced by gold teeth. I'm te- look, I'm telling you the truth. This woman's teeth were replaced. And, they were, and, it, and if I hadn't seen her teeth before and after, I would have said, eh, you know. That was her faith. And I can't, even, I can't even sit here and tell you, hey, you know, Jesus replaced teeth for gold teeth. No, he's not a dentist. <laughs> right? But it happened. I saw it. And that God did not go away. That God did not change. That God did not pull his power off the earth. That God did not say that my people can't do these things anymore. That was for a certain time. That was for the... No, he's still doing those things today. In us and through us. Amen? So there's several ways to receive healing. Now, I, don't li- I usually don't share it this way, but the Lord, I, this morning as I was preparing, he says, no, go ahead. The Holy Spirit was like, go ahead. Because what we do is we create a formula. See, Jesus never did anything the same way over and over again. But we as humans, and and I do it too, we want to create a formula. If we do this and we do this and we do this and we add this and we do this and we do the other, then this will happen. But that's not how how, uh, healing works. Healing works through faith. Period. Now, there's different ways that you can, you can do that. There's simple faith. There's, and I'm going fin- to start and finish with this, uh, today's word. But the simple faith is the faith that happens when you're just preaching the gospel. And people get saved. And then after they get saved, their life changes. They have an experience with God. And then you tell them, you know, God, you got, God can heal you or whatever. And, they, and, they, and that simple measure of faith, because everyone receives a measure of faith. It only takes the faith of a mustard seed if you don't doubt see you don't have to have great faith you just have to have no doubt does that make sense we think that we have to have this great faith no 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 all you need is the faith of a mustard seed without doubt that's the the ingredient that that ruins everything simple faith when you hear the word of god for yourself you believe it and that's it it's simple. It's easy. I've seen people that just got saved, that were baby Christians, that were getting miracles and things were happening for them. They were prospering. And I'm like, wow, man, you know, I've been a Christian all this time. I know all this stuff. That's the problem. So the Lord said, that's the problem. You know too much. Let me do what I got to do. Then you have, you have simple faith. You have the laying on of hands. The healing anointing flows from another person to you, but you continue in your healing by your own faith. See, the, the person will lay hands on you, but that person's faith may cause healing to come. But you have to continue to walk out your healing. Yeah. And, and in several of uh, Brother Hagen's books, he talks about laying hands on people and them leaving. And then he come back and do another camp meeting or another tent meeting in that town. They say, oh, you know, a few months later, I started having backache again. And, you know, well, you know, that's by your faith, you, you will be made whole. 
praying the power into manifestation. You receive your healing with supernatural power from God is manifested upon you. It's a gift of the Spirit. Power in the name of Jesus. These are all ways, right? We, the name of Jesus has power. It says, you have asked nothing of me in my name, but when I go, you will ask in my name, and I'll give you anything you ask. My Father will give you anything you ask in my name. The power in the name of Jesus. There's the gift of the Spirit out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. <coughs> You're not going to have this, Mike? I know. He's, he's, I looked up, and he was already going. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. If you see me open my Bible, it's because it's not going to be in your notes, <laughs> and you're not going to see it on the screen behind me. <laughs> 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. These are the manifestations. Spiritual gift, unity, and diversity, starting in uh, verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. I've had, I've had both of those operate, and my wife has had those operate uh, in us and through us in certain meetings. Number, uh, verse 9. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, Now, in some uh, uh, um, translations, it's a special faith uh, or great faith. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of those things. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. Distributing to each one individually. Here it is. As what? He wills. Now, this is not the only way you receive healing. But God manifests himself sometimes. Listen, I've seen God manifest himself. In a, I'm not going to name the denomination, but in a denominational church that did not believe in healing. And healing happened. Right? And what happened? Be people began to believe. People began to believe because of signs and wonders. Right? So there's the gifts, and then there's a healing anointing. And we've known there are still people out today. Uh, our, our guest asked me about somebody's name this morning. I was like, no, I don't really uh, recognize it if I see who that is. But everybody knows, like Benny Hinn or, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, there's some other, I'm trying to remember, Shambach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These are like black and white videos that I'm thinking of now. Catherine Kuhlman that passed on her a healing anointing onto Benny Hinn, right? Okay, thank you for helping me out there. I, I turned 55 two days ago, and I don't know what's going on with my brain. So I, haven't, I don't forget scripture, but I do forget, you know, some other things. But Catherine Kuhlman, you know, we've had uh, 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 Brother Hagen when he used to have those, those old meetings. You know, he would slap goiters off of people's necks and... And, you know, and, and he had one guy, uh, uh, he, he was sitting in his wheelchair, and he goes, stand up. And the guy stood up. He was barely walking. And then he goes, throw the wheelchair in the garbage. I'm thinking, that guy might still need that. <laughs> you know, the guy was like barely standing, you know. And he goes, yeah. and they threw that thing in the garbage, and the guy ran across the, the church and, and, uh, and, and had a great old time because he got completely healed. And you can see some of these things. I don't like it when they record these things because it, you have to be present. You have to be present in these types of anointings for that to happen. But there's the, the healing anointing, and we know how that works. But all of these methods have two things that are operating, faith and power. Can I, I'll say it the other way. Power and faith. Acts 10, 38, New King James says, How God anointed 
Jesus of Nazareth, by the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. You want to know where sickness comes from? I think it says it right there. Acts 10.38 in God's Word translation. You know that God anointed Jesus from Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power? Like, you know this. Jesus went everywhere and did good things, just as healing everyone who was under the devil's power. Jesus did these things because God was with him. We got no problem saying that. Got no issue saying God is with me. I'm saved and God lives inside. I got no issue. We got nothing. I know that one day I'm going to go to the by and by. We got hymns about it. Right? I know that one day we're going to go to heaven and all the tears are going to be wiped away and everything's going to be great. And I know that one day myself, I have no doubt that when Jesus comes back, I'm saved because I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Listen, it takes more faith to believe that than to believe for a miracle. Even though that's the greatest miracle of them all. Right? right? To be saved. Anointing, Holy Spirit, and power in these verses are virtually synonymous. They kind of work together. I, I, in, I don't want to get into all of it, but uh, I've taught this before about Deutimus and Numa. Right? Deutimus is the power of God, and Numa is one of the words for the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, power, like Deutimus, is dynamite. That's where you get the word dynamite from. If you were to take a stick of dynamite and put it in a, in a, in a uh, place and take all the oxygen, all the air out of that tube or whatever, and then explode the dynamite, it would explode, but it would only explode, the stick would explode, but it wouldn't cause any damage beyond an inch or two away from the stick. Because what causes the damage or what changes everything around it is the pneuma. It's the air. So you may have the deutimus, but without the Holy Spirit, you understand? And what did he say? Jesus needed the Holy Spirit and power. Deutimus and pneuma. I can't teach all that right now, but I, I have a teaching on that. You can look on YouTube and see if you can find it there. An analogy was made by the late Reverend John G. Lake. He said, electricity was in existence before man knew it was there. Then, when man discovered, you discover, some of you are discovering something today, discovered electricity, they had to learn the laws that govern how electricity works. It's not enough that we would know that there's the power of God present to heal. We have to know how it works. And listen, it's not the knowledge that makes it work. It's the faith in what you know. That knowledge that's in your mind needs to drop into your heart. And we're going to talk about that next week. There are laws that govern the power of God in the spiritual realm. The question is, if God's power is always present to heal, then why doesn't it always manifest itself? Because there's a switch. If we turned off all the lights in this room, right, and we said, okay, the power is present, there's no real evidence that it's present because the lights are off. If you shut it, if we went to the electrical board back there and I hit the main one, boom, and just shut the whole building down, right, we would say there's, the lights are off. Is the power present to the box? The power is present. The 30-something year FPL guy is telling us, that the power is present to the box. So that's confirmation right there, right? right? He knows. The power is present. Why isn't it operating and doing what it was intended to do? Got to hit the switch. 
See, the power of God is always present. Always. But we have to hit the switch of faith. I have a teaching called Enemies of Faith. I encourage you to, to uh, listen to it or watch it. Uh, you have to find it on YouTube or whatever. It's called Enemies of Faith. Listen, one of the greatest enemies of our faith today is the bombardment of our media, of our doctors, of our science, of technology, Google, MD, Google MD or Medical MD or Internet MD. Or I don't even know what it's called anymore. If you know what it's called, WebMD, you've been using it. I wasn't expecting you to say it, babe. All right, I just, just stepped on her toes. I got to go home with her. But, right, WebMD. You go there and you read these. No, you don't feel well? Go get your prescription. Re take it in the morning, in the noontime, and at night. This will tell you. But what happens? We gather and we gather. Man, you know what COVID has done? COVID didn't rob us of, of illnesses. It didn't, you know what it did? It, it diminished our faith. The devil came and used it to rob us of our faith. If he cannot, uh, 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 you know, the, the, uh, the parable of the sower, right? There's four different ones. If he can't steal it, he'll diminish it. He'll make it less. And what do we do? We make God smaller, and we make God, God's not able. Why? Oh, you have a cold, and you, you know, I caught a cold. You shouldn't have caught it. You should have let it fall to the ground. Why'd you, why'd you catch it? Right? Put your, right? I'm not catching that. And if you do, what do you do? Like Shadrach, and Meshach, uh, Shadrach Meshach, and Abednego. I went through the fire. I'm on the other side. I don't even smell like smoke. Don't set up tent there. Oh, now I got this. And, you know, according to everybody else's testimony, it's an 8 to 10 day uh, virus. And on day 4, I'm going to get diarrhea. And uh, on day 7, I'm going to get this massive headache because that's what everybody, well, yeah, if that's what you say. It's exactly what's going to happen because that's what you said. Must be that same bug. Squash that bug. <laughs> Right? And that's what happens. These, this information and this just keeps coming in. And it's just there all the time. You have computers. You, have, you don't, Listen, you know how many times I sit in front of my computer at home? Hardly ever. I can sit on my recliner with my phone. It's a computer. I can go anywhere around there and it's just as fast. Right? <laughs> Too much information robbing us of our faith. But the power is present, and that power is not diminished. It's this, it's this, if you hit the switch, the light's going to come back on. The air conditioning is going to run. The sound is going to be on. Everything's going to be right back where it started. It's the same with God's power. The more we learn about the anointing and God's power and what the Word of God says about it, the more that we will be able to flow in that healing power and anointing. That's why we're here today. I want to know more of how God's healing power works. How do we turn it on, this ever-present power? You hit the switch of faith. That, you got, it, it, for the new people, uh, I like to say John Wayne kind of faith. The young people are like, who's that? Grit. It takes grit. Where you hang on no matter what. I don't care how I feel. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the news says. I don't care what my doctor says. I don't care... I don't, I don't care what they call it. I don't care. Listen, I'm hanging on. 
because tomorrow morning, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And I'm going to hop around like a fatted calf that's just been fed. <laughs> Skinny people can't do that. In the spiritual realm, we need to learn to turn on that switch. Mark 5, 34. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Go in peace. Your faith. Jesus said this. Let's look at the, the, the entire uh, uh, scripture that this is in. Uh, Mark 5, 25 through 34. Now, a certain woman had a, a flow of blood for 12 years. We, we, a lot of us know this, this uh, story, if not all of us, and had suffered many things from many physicians, and she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Ever, that ever happened to you? <laughs> Did everything you could, but you're just getting worse and worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may, she said, I'm going to talk about this next week. She said, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She said. You know, that works both ways, life and death. My. My faith. My God. My Lord. My COVID. See how quick we went from life to death? That commercial, my mesothelioma. By the end of that commercial, if he's just an actor and he actually didn't have mesothelioma, he has it now. He said it was his so many times in that commercial. I was cringing. And I don't watch commercials usually because I stream a lot of stuff I watch. If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, no, immediately, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. Who was carrying the power at the time? Jesus. Who's carrying the power now? This same power. I'm going to get there in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. Turned around the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, come on, you see all the multitudes thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, <laughs> your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction." He didn't say, daughter, I am Jesus, Yeshua, Messiah, the Son of God. I have made you well. She was trembling. She couldn't even believe. I mean, it, it, that kind of trembling is kind of like, it just happened to me. It's in awe. It's like, wow, 12 years, I spent all my money, and all of a sudden now, whew, I'm healed. Jesus knew that the power had left him, meaning the power to heal was present in him. The woman exercised her faith. 
and turned on the switch and was healed not just by the power that was present, but by the faith in the power that was present. Remember Deutimus and Numa? The two ingredients to receive healing are faith and power, praying the power into manifestation through your faith. Look at James. We went through the book of James, and that's how we ended up uh, uh, in this series on faith. James 5, 14 through 16, in the Amplified Version, it says, Is anyone among you sick? Some of you came today expecting. Some of you are receiving right now. Some of you, just by showing up, started to feel better. Some of you came and said, God's going to do something. Right? Because I've been posting that we're having, having a healing service. Is anyone among you sick? He must call for the elders, spiritual leaders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. That's the big one there. That's the big faith. That's the big, the big miracle right there, right? The man, the man that was brought down through the roof. And they said, what, are you going to forgive his sins or, or heal him? He did both. Do you think that man was more excited about the fact that he could walk or the fact that he was going to spend eternity in heaven? Yeah. <laughs> kind of friends I want. Therefore, confess your, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much when put into action and made in effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. I love the amplified version of this. Even though the power is in manifestation, faith has to be exercised. <coughs> For it by faith that we receive anything and everything that comes from God. You cannot please God without faith. So every, and what pleases God? We would say, we would, you know, switch that around and say it's our faith that pleases God. You know what pleases God? is to meet his children's needs. First of all, what pleases him is the harvest. That's the number one, eight, that's at the top, right? And then we become his children. And what does he want to do as father, our father who art in heaven? He's our father. What pleases him the most? What? To give his children So it's your faith that causes those things to come into manifestation. And if those things come into manifestation, it pleases him. I want to be able to do this for you, but you've got to have faith. Understanding the mixing of faith and power will help us realize the benefits of the anointing. Acts 6, 3 through 6. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you the seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom uh, you may appoint over the business. But we will give... <clears throat> we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word and saying, and the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose, this is, I'm going to mess up all these names. Stephen I can do. Uh, Stephen, a man full of faith and Holy Spirit. Uh, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. I know that I didn't say all those right, but thank you. Thank you very much. Whom they set me. It would have been easier if it would have been like Jose and, and, and Jimmy, and, right? Juan. And they said, Santiago. And they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on him. See, during this time, the church 
was just starting, and the people had all things in common. You can read through the book of Acts, and you'll see it where it says that. And this required some administration. So they were like, the pastors were, you know, the ministers, the preachers, the ones separated and set aside to be able to minister the word and to stay in prayer and to stay empowered to be able to manifest these, these uh, uh, gifts of the Spirit. They were, they were administrating this, because imagine that. Everybody came with all their stuff and said, here's all our stuff now. We'll go ahead and, and, and we're going to administer this amongst everybody. So everyone has their needs met and everyone can go home with food. Everyone can have whatever it is that they need. And they had to, so they said, no, we got to separate ourselves. We got to do something. And they chose these men to do that. And they had to have three qualifications. Good reputation, right? Because they, they were dealing with, with finances. They were dealing with with uh, goods and need, right? They were dealing with things like that of the church. They were dealing with widows, right? So you needed people of good reputation, full of the spirit or full of power, and they had to be wise men, wise guys. No, they weren't wearing jumpsuits with gold chains on, but they, they were wise guys. They found seven men, and they met these requirements, but one of these men was different than the others. They all had the Holy Spirit or power in them, but not all of them manifested this power. Acts 6, 8. And Stephen, remember him? Full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs amongst the people. This is what happens. And please, forgive me, and, and, and if I stepped on your toes, we can talk afterwards, okay? And, and then you can reprimand me then. But... What we do as a body of Christ is we hear that a specific person or thing is happening over there. So we all swarm over there, right? And, we all, and then that creates a faith, but we're having a faith in a person. Even though that person has the anointing for the manifestation of these things, we have faith. And then when that person is no longer around, do you know, and I won't say any names, but there has been people in our history that manifested this healing power and there were miracles people raised from the dead just stuff happened and then that person falls and something happens and the people who have been healed for years all of a sudden started getting ailments again it's not because that person fell it's because their faith which is a law and it has to work just like gravity right faith being a law had to work and their faith was there but now all of a sudden because their faith was looking at a person that brought this manifestation of a power into a building is no longer at the level that they thought they should be. Now their faith comes down too. But see, God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never disappoint you. He'll never do anything to cause you to think, I guess it wasn't real. He won't do that. So our faith needs to be upon him always, always, always. That alleviates me as a pastor and being in the five-fold ministry. Now, does God manifest himself through me? Absolutely. Do I expect him to? All the time. I wish that I had a switch to, to hit the, the gifts of the Spirit every Sunday. But the scripture ends with, as he wills. It's up to him. Now, have we had manifestations here? Yeah, I've prophesied. Doesn't make me a prophet. But I've prophesied because that spirit manifested itself in the building, and it used me. And those gifts of the spirit do happen. But it's as he wills. Now, there are things that are not as he wills, which is if you have faith and manifest the power of God, anoint, right, lay hands on them, believe that you will receive, you shall have whatever you believe, say unto this mountain, right? There's certain, there's certain things that just have to happen, but you have to have faith without doubt. 
you're full of the Holy Spirit, then you have the powerhouse already inside of you. If you have the power in you, then what ingredient is missing if you're not receiving what the Word says? Faith. Everyone has the power. Say, I have the power of God in me. Say it again. I have the power of God in me. Ooh, now I think I believe it. But if the, Romans 8, 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, you just said it did, right? He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Right? That's one translation. The one that I memorized it in is, the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives inside of you and quickens your mortal body. Resurrection power lives inside of you. Let's say that together. Resurrection power lives inside of me. Do you believe that? Let's say it again. Resurrection power lives inside of me. I already feel it happening. Come on. Just your confession alone. I'm going to go through this really quick, and then we're going to minister. I'll call up the, the worship team in just a moment. There's power in the preaching of the gospel. Listen, the signs and wonders precede the gospel. If you go to these camp meetings and these meetings all over in Africa and India, and thousands of people gather, and there's miracles that happen, wouldn't that be enough that, that whoever causes that to happen you know, would, would just get off the stage and leave? But it doesn't end like that. I've been in a T.L. Osborne meeting. I mean, I'm sorry. I, these are got old, the old guys, I know. But there's, there's men and women rising up today to become these powerful men and women of God that are going to manifest the power of God on the earth, and that's us. It's not this one here and that one there. It's going to be the church. That's what the end time harvest is going to be. It's not going to be some, it's not going to be, I mean, come on, Billy Graham. The greatest preacher of the gospel of, of God. How many people got saved? He would stand in a, in a stadium of 30,000 university students and go, I tie my bow tie. Who wants to get saved? And they would all come down and get saved. It didn't matter what he said. It didn't matter. I caught a large mouth bass yesterday. Who wants to get saved? They'd all come down and get saved. The guy had an anointing. And listen, don't share this with anybody because this is my own thought. I think he was baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. He just never told anybody because he was part of the Baptist organization. That's just me. Because that, that kind of anointing doesn't come on its own like that. It's pretty powerful. All right? But what happened? These people got saved. Till Osborne meetings, we'd watch. He would, he would just say, people were just getting healed. People were, they, people were taking their, 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 their uh, 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 no, their, their crutches that they had for years and years and years because, you know, in, in some of these places in Africa and stuff, they would break their legs and they, you couldn't go have it set. And have, so then their leg would be like crooked and then they would, you know, imagine how long of pain they had to put up with and then not get infection and all that, you know, and then make it and then and that's why you see them all, all crippled and everything and, and you look at their crutches and they're like all worn down and repaired and, and all that because they, they've been using them for years at a time and they're throwing them up in the air and the crowds are just throwing them outside and, and you know, had to pick them up later because it was crutches and stretch. It was just everywhere. People being, legs being stretched out. One leg shorter than the other. Legs being stretched. And all he did was preach the gospel. 
It wasn't anything. He preached the gospel. One of my favorite messages from him was from Acts chapter 1. Oh, Theophilus. That was all he said. Read the whole book of, uh, of Acts. He says, oh, Theophilus. That's why they say they think Luke wrote Acts because it starts, he mentions Theophilus. You know, Theophilus wasn't a person. Theo, God. Ophilus, lover. Lover of God. Oh, lover of God. And then the whole book is written. I love God. He must be talking about me. Right? Oh, lover of God. And then the book of Acts. And it's all about the Holy Spirit coming down. Power, manifestation, people getting healed. What happened? The gospel. Acts 14, 7 through 10, it says, And they were preaching the gospel there. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speak. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed... See the, the, the gifts of the Spirit operating there? Said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. See, Paul did three things. Paul did not heal this man. Paul did, he preached the gospel. He perceived that the man had faith to be healed. And he told the man to stand up and walk. He spoke something. The man did three things. He heard Paul preach the gospel. Because there's power in the gospel. He had faith to be healed. And then he did what he was told. He did what he was told. The man received the faith needed to receive his healing by hearing Paul preach the gospel. This gospel is Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to what? Salvation. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. The power of salvation. The word salvation in the Old Testament is uh, Yeshua, which is like Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. I'm not going to go through the whole definition because the one that he uses here is, is salvation in Greek, which is the word soteria. One of my favorite Greek words. It's, it means salvation. Listen to this. Deliverance. Preservation, safety, bodily healing, deliverance from the molestation of your enemies. In an ethical sense, that which concludes to the soul's safety or salvation. Save your soul. Salvation as the present, present, everybody say present. The present possession of all true Christians. We think salvation is for the by and by. When you receive Jesus into your life, the power of God comes to live inside of you. Soteria, salvation begins now. And all the benefits that come with it. Future, it means future salvation, the sum of the benefits and the blessings with which Christians redeemed from earthly ills. <laughs> Christians redeemed from earthly ills. Earthly ills, not heavenly, because up there we don't have to worry about it. But the minute salvation happens, I used to teach this in, a, I have a class called School of Leaders. I may teach this in the discipleship class one, uh, and towards the end of the year. I've been pulling my notes on it. But I teach it, and I hand out now and laters. You ever seen those little candies, those square ones? Because salvation is not about later. It's about now and later. See, it, it immediately brings heaven to earth. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. That's what salvation does. 
We're in this world, but we're not of it. Redeemed from all earthly ills. We'll enjoy after the visible, this is still the definition, will enjoy after the visible return of Christ from heaven in the consumed and eternal kingdom of God. The before and the after. If you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has come to live inside of you. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a whole other thing. We talk about the Spirit within and the Spirit upon. And some people say, well, I don't have the Holy Spirit because I don't pray in tongues. No, that's the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you should have that. We believe that here. We would be considered what they call Pentecostal. We just, you know, we just dress differently. But, <laughs> right? But because Pentecostal has come to me, all it means is the 50th day. Pentecostal, 50 days. 50 days after his resurrection. 40 days and 10 days they waited. 50 days. That's all it means. But we've turned that word into so much, right? The Holy Spirit came down and the church started that day because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And we get so stuck on the evidence of the speaking in tongues that we miss out what else happened that day. The church was filled with boldness to preach the gospel, the power of of God. That's why Peter went out preaching. 3,000 got saved. They had to baptize them all. They went to five different places of water. They were baptized. It took them all day to baptize all these people. He preached what the power of the gospel. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.